about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Coming to you live from Fort Pierce, Florida, where the real men and women of God train in the word of the Lord. Whose report will we believe? All right. All right. Okay. So, uh, got a little treat for you guys this morning, so I hope you guys aren't in a rush. This evening, this evening, just checking to see, just checking to see if you were awake. So Proverbs three nineteen. Oh yeah, it's okay. I got thick skin up here, you guys. So far away. Proverbs three nineteen. The Lord formed the earth by wisdom, by understanding He established the heavens. Jeremiah ten twelve. But God made the earth by his power. He founded the world by his wisdom and stretched out his wisdom by his understanding. And what I want to do at this time is uh, share a song that's been uh, deeply to my heart. And uh, it's nothing short than a work of art. And I kind of like relate to it as the Father's anthem. Because while Jesus was on this earth, he, he always just gave honor to the Father, and he always glorified the Father, and he always made sure that the Father was glorified in him, amen, and in John 17, he wanted us to know his glory and to know him on an intimate relationship, so um, they're going to post this song, I'm going to turn out the lights because... It's, it's not just a worship song. It's one of those songs that we used to call them like you just soak into because you have to really meditate to pull out the gravity of all the words. Beautiful words though, right? Yes. At the sum of all of our praises still fall shy. Yet again, I will sing a hundred billion times. Mm-mm-mm. He's worthy. You know, our Father esteems his word higher than his own name. That is Psalm 138 and 2. His word is eternal in the heavens. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but his word shall never pass away. That's Matthew 24 and 35. It's good to be in a place to where we, or um, the foundation of uh, the organization or Treasure Coast Victory Center has been established on the Word of God, for it is the foundation of our faith and our life. And uh, not only do we have wonderful people who've, who've made their life on standing on faith, it was very important during a pandemic that they made their minds up a long time ago, Pastor Tom and Becky that whether people were suffering from disease that was contagious or can be uh, transferred, it didn't matter to them. They were going to go in and and pray for those people and heal them because that's what Jesus did. Jesus wasn't afraid of leprosy or anything that came his way. He knew that the power in him, the power that he possessed was much greater And so it just, you know, it reaffirmed their lives have have reaffirmed my faith on on everything that I believe. And I felt my faith grow and get stronger over the years that that we've been a part of Treasure Coast Victory Center, me and my wife, you know, seeing seeing their lives as, as a living testimony, as a living sacrifice and walking out what they profess and what they, what they believe. 
And so, um, again, another scripture, 1 Corinthians 3 and 11, for no other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid by Jesus Christ. That's 1 Corinthians 3 and 11. All other foundations, let's just face it, it's just sinking sand. And before tonight is over, I'll be able to prove at no limit of time that God exists and that his word is true and we must stand firmly on his word of truth. Okay? I'm also going to speak to your foundation of faith today. I'm going to speak to my foundation as well. The stronger, the deeper your foundation, the higher and farther you will go in your walk with Christ. The higher and farther I will go, the deeper my foundation is in the Word of God. The, the wider my foundation is, the higher I will go. We see examples in life. You can look at the height of a tree, and because a, a tree has much height, you can rest assured that the roots of that tree are also deep and wide. A building, skyscrapers. I used to love looking at skyscrapers growing up close to Los Angeles, and I just was fascinated by them. And another reason why I love Donald Trump is because he, he was a builder who just had vision and, and insight and, and built some of the most fantastic hotels throughout the world. But the higher the building is, the deeper the foundation of that building has to be. Amen? So, saints, we have to ask ourselves, what is the condition of our foundation today? What are we basing our foundation on? Is it on the Word of God? Is it on truth? And this is what we're going to be talking about tonight. Amen. Because we're living in a day of time to where we have to have unshakable faith in God. R.W. Shambach said we have to have bulldog faith, unrelenting faith. Amen. Amen. Uncompromising faith in the word of God. And if I can have uh, Genesis 1 up here, 1 and 1. So the foundational truths, many of the, our foundational truths are in the Word, in the Word of God, of course, and in particular, the Genesis. If you can do Google, uh, Pat, Google, and then um, I think it's Gateway. Yeah, Genesis 1-1, Bible Gateway, uh, King James Version. That one puts it out pretty good. So I'm just going to highlight some truths in, in the Genesis. I'm not going to go all over the Genesis. I want to be able to keep your attention as much as possible. Yep, that's great. Yeah, that's fantastic. Those, one, those ones, I, I prefer those. Yep, Genesis 1-1 or 1-1 uh, and then 5. Yeah, that's it. All right, so I think that helps you guys a lot, right, when it's up there? Okay, so Genesis 1-1, many of you guys are familiar with that, right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the first day, okay? So in the very beginning, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, period, stop. Unlike any other belief in the world, Jude uh, Christianity, Judeo-Christianity is none like other. It is original in that effect, in that opening statement. Because most other religions believe that creation created God. But in the opening statement in our word, it tells you 
that God created everything that we see, everything that we don't see. So that is a power statement. And then in the second verse, it gives you a little bit of understanding of what take place, took place during that creation. And the earth was without form, and darkness was upon the face of the earth, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. The Spirit of God vibrated and created life, and God spoke forth light. Now, the word, when it's speaking forth as light, this light is distinct from any other light in creation. It's different from the light that we see in Genesis chapter, uh, Genesis verse 14, same chapter. When God called forth lights and he orchestrated one light to rule the day and one light to rule by night. So what I'm What am I saying is that the Bible is implying that the creation, since the dawn of time, Jesus was spoken forth into existence, and Jesus was known as light. That's why he said in the scriptures, I am the light of the world. Amen? And we also get more insight from the scriptures from the prophet, the prophet John. Amen? So if you go to, or if you'd like to turn, I'm going to read from uh, John chapter 1, and we could keep Genesis 1 up there. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made. In Him was life. The life was the life of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came from a witness, for witness, to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light that was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Amen. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him gave he power to become the sons and daughters of God to them that believe on his name. So, once again, we have the verification process, and John the Revelator, uh, John the prophet of God, is showing you a different perspective of the Genesis. Amen. He's coming back and confirming and kind of expanding our understanding of what God was trying to say because God revealed this revelation to Moses, you know, thousands and thousands or, you know, millions of years after it happened. And him being a man, a natural man, did the best he could to translate what God was saying to him when he was on Mount Sinai. Amen. All right, so one thing, the second thing that's important to note about the Genesis is that when God, in Genesis in, uh, 1 and 26, when God said, and let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over every creeping thing that crawleth, right? He said, let them have dominion over all that. Male and female created he them. So it appears that God is is forming these people in the earth, but it's actually taking place in the heavenly realm. Okay, so you're saying, Ben, what are you getting at? Okay. Pat, let me have um, Genesis 2 and 7. Okay, these are foundational truths that I believe are important to our faith, some things that we must know because even if we're reading in our own quiet time, you're going to ask yourself, what does that mean? You know, 
what is the light in Genesis 1 and 1 and then the, the light in Genesis 1 and 14? Or the man and women in Genesis 1, 26 and 27 and the man in Genesis 2 and 7 and 21 and 20? And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and became a living soul. See? So the spirit man, just as we teach here, the spirit man was first. The spirit woman was first. Okay? And then the carnal man or the fleshly man, the earthly man came up out of the ground. God took him and formed him here in the earth. Amen? No other book, no, no other religion teaches that. No other religion t- tells you the purpose of man, the creation of man. But they want to try to tell us that we believe in lies, non-truths, when no other, no other word uh, description is so clear. All right, and then also, if, if um, we go to, I didn't write 21 on there, did I? 21, 22. 21. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept and took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And uh, that's when the woman was formed in the earth. That's good. Thank you, brother. I think that's all I need. Amen. So when we have... Genesis 1, 26 and 27 correct, then we won't have a problem with 2 Corinthians 5 and 21 when, when God calls us his righteousness. Because in Genesis 1, 26, 27, it says that God made us in his image after his likeness. Amen? So Genesis or, or 2 Corinthians 5, 21 comes and, and says that we are equal. We are the righteousness of God. We, male and female, created he them because we were created equal in the heavenly realm first, okay? But God had to uh, establish a purpose and a plan in the earth as making the man the head over the woman because he had to be the provider. He had to be the protector, amen? Amen. Because their assignment in earth was going to be a little bit different, amen? And that was to prove that God was a righteous God by exposing the devil and placing him under our feet. Romans 1 and 20. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead. So they are without excuse. So what is that saying? That saying is that everything that we see is evidence that there's an, an eternal creator. It's proof. It's evidence. People can deny it all they want to, but it's evidence. And some of the greatest minds have confirmed that. Albert Einstein said is that if you didn't believe in God and you study what we studied, you would have to invent a God. It's just that much proof. They call it anthropic. It takes more effort to disbelieve in God than to believe in God. It takes more effort. You got to be a special kind of, you know what? Amen. His eternal power, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish uh, imaginations and, and their foolish heart was darkened. And that's what's going to happen to a lot of people. They're going to keep 
you know, denying God, disrespecting God, shunning God, shunning God's people. And then in turn, their heart gets dark. Professing themselves to be wise, they become foolish and change the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like unto corruptible man and to birds and four-feeted beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God gave them up unto uncleanness through, through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie. Doesn't that sound familiar? Doggone right. And worship and serve the creature more than the creator, who's blessed forevermore. Amen. And a lot of people out there doing that. They're worshiping creation instead of the one who made creation. Amen. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. All right. A lot of, a lot of women seeking other women. And likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly. And that's what's happening today in our culture. They, they uh, say profane things about God. They deny God. They reject God. They don't accept God. And then here comes perversion. Because there's only two realities, it's, 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 and God is the true reality. And that's what we've been witnessing in our, in our nation, Interpret, two different interpretations of the Constitution, you know. So we have the, there's only two. You have the right one and the wrong one. Amen. The right interpretation of God's word and the wrong interpretation of God's word. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. To do those things which aren't convenient, being fulfilled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetous, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors, uh, of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural effective, uh, implacable, unmerciful, whose knowledge the judgment of God that which commit such things are worthy of death. Not only do the same, but have pleasure in doing them. All right. So the word lays it out. The Word of God is our blueprint. The Word of God reads like a newspaper. It tells us what's going on in our, in our culture today. If you, don't, if you run across somebody who, who doesn't understand or who, uh, who needs the answers, who needs guidance, the Word of God is the answer. Amen? Second Timothy 2 and 5. Excuse me, I got ahead of myself. One might ask, did it take God six literal 24-hour periods of time to create the earth? Have you ever asked yourself that? Did it take six days? Or, I mean, what are all these mixed reports? And that's the purpose of, of, of my, my lecture tonight, is because I know there's confusion out there. Because I live out there, amen? I know what, what falsehood has come against my mind. I know what kind of backed me up in, in many cases. Okay, because... I think it was uh, when we were listening to, I think some, um, some guy was, was um, on your aunt's Facebook, and he was, he was making mockery of all the, the prophecies going forth about the election and whatnot. Anyway, the guy was he, was, he was, he was a piece of work. He was really vitriolic against the people of God, making fun of us. You know how they do. They mock those guys on talk radio and stuff. Those believers, they're so stupid, and da-da-da-da-da-da. You remember what I'm talking about now on Hannah's? Yeah, yeah. So when people like that get to talking, you'll have something. You'll have ammunition fire back, okay, scripture to fire back. Or you'll just know. Some people, you know, just, you know, lift a hand up and like deuces guy. I'm out, you know. I'll pray for you. And that's okay, you know. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, so one night, okay, one might ask, uh, did it take God six literal 24-hour periods of time to create the earth? My answer would be yes. Number one, that's what the Bible says. But you may say it contradicts science. Okay, so this is how we verify that. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved of God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. To verify this truth among other scientists, this man, Dr. Gerald Schrader, a nuclear physicist, states creation took six days. This guy is a nuclear physicist. He's smart, very smart. Okay, he's from MIT, taught at MIT many of years. He said it took six days of creation. Okay, I happen to believe him. Not only is he a genius, he's a believer in the word of God. Amen. And he lives in Jerusalem. Okay, but this is what he says. He says, if you look at the Hebrew, it uses the word for day as boker and erif. Boker is day, erif is evening. Hebrew has different words to describe a long period of time, but it was specific in using boker and erif. It uses the single word day. All right. So even the approximate age of the universe, Gerald concludes it is 15 billion years old. It only took six days to bring it into existence. Now, this process that he invented is called a process of Time dilation. So once creation was spoken forth into existence, it moved and it spread out. Amen. So therefore, it took six days. The days of creation took six days and it it moved. And if you're not aware, we're moving right now. God's creation is moving. Okay, the planet that we're on is moving. Everything God set forth is moving. Okay? It's where are we going? I hope we're going to heaven, but we're moving, okay? Everything, galaxies are spinning, is moving. And by the way, have you ever contemplated how big God is, everything that He's created? The scientists have, okay? In case you're unaware, there are people who are intrigued by God's creation. I happen to be one of them. Okay, because when you start seeing how big God is, you'll never look at your problems as big. Because he's far bigger than any problem that we can have. Amen. Amen. But think on this. Our solar system that we live in. Right. We think Earth is big and Earth is big. Earth is a big place. Right. But you got other planets out there other than Earth. Right. And we all move in the same direction around the sun. That's pretty fascinating. Right. Okay, the size of our solar system is about 4.6 billion miles. That's pretty big. But some of you guys say, well, uh, that's not really big. I'm not really impressed with that. Well, when's the last time that you walked the length of Port St. Lucie? I tell you, when you take a walk, walking helps you appreciate God's creation a little bit better rather than just hopping in your buggy and and, and driving. Okay, because... God will reveal certain things to you while you're walking. Amen? Amen. All right. But 4.6 billion miles is our solar system. Okay. Many of us learned that a long time ago, right? Okay. And to take it one step further, we actually live in a galaxy called the Milky Way galaxy. Anybody heard of that? Okay. Right? Nothing new. Right? Okay. So how big is the Milky Way galaxy? Our galaxy, our known galaxy that we live in, can contain 500 of our solar systems. Okay? 500. And that's just one of our galaxies that God, our Father, has created with his spoken word. How big is a galaxy? How big is our galaxy? About 6 trillion light years across. I'm not impressed with that. Then I don't care. I don't care about that. It's okay. How do they know that? How do scientists know that? They get busy. 
Trump just, he just, Donald Trump just put a, a space force. Uh, he added a new uh, branch of the military called the, the Space Force. Not only to discover things, but for protection of the United States of America. That was brilliant. Amen. All right. And then also, so I was going to, I was going to talk about the Hubble telescope that was created by science. Uh, that was put out there. It's been out there for, for a number of years, but it's taking pictures. It's verifying God's creation. Hundreds and hundreds of miles out there in outer space, it, it rotates as a satellite, you know, across, across uh, the orbit of the earth. But all, all the while, it's taking pictures of, of what's out there, and it's verifying, you know, the vastness of God's creation. All right, so Gerald, Gerald Strader confirms, you know, 15 billion, approximately 15 billion years, and that's a long time. How y'all doing? Hanging in there? All right. All right. We're speaking to our foundation tonight. All right. I believe one of the most important books in the Bible is Genesis. I believe many not only doubt it, but they don't even read it. Therefore, their foundations are weak. It reveals God, the creator of all things. The spirit of God works in harmony with the voice or command of God in creation. The inception of light, the blessing of multiplication, the six days of creation, also the creation of man and woman. It also reveals to us the purpose of man and women and so much more. It's just just mind-blowing. We're just dealing with the first few chapters of Genesis. Because we are sons and daughters of truth and naturally crave more evidence, and a verification process just naturally takes place. You know, when somebody tells you something, you naturally say, well, how'd you know that? Really? When? When did they say that? Right? You have that, that natural defense mechanism built in. Because that was put in you by God to protect you from falsehood. Because we are actually created in truth. Ben, what are you talking about? What do you mean I was created in truth? How many fingers do you have? Five on one hand. Five on another hand, right? Mathematics, again, is a study. It verifies truth, okay? So we are made in truth. That's why Jesus said, you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Because why? The truth is liberating. The truth. And, and Father God, has, has, he's, he's ordained for us to know the truth. It is our birthright, the scripture says. And that's why he, he despised Esau, because Esau sold his birthright for a morsel of bread. He honored it more. Than who he was. All right. So again, the verification process, and that's why Pastor Tom, when he preaches, he uses word upon word to verify, to verify, to verify. Amen? So that we were like, wow, I have the reasons to believe, you know, what the Bible says. If the Bible says I'm healed, then I am healed. Crown on the head of soles of my feet. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, and by his stripes, I am healed. Doesn't matter what I feel like. Doesn't matter what the doctor says. I'm healed. If the scripture says that I am rich, then I'm rich. Doesn't matter what my bank account says. Doesn't doesn't matter what uh, my brother thinks I am or not. The word is the final authority. And in this day and time, we have to believe that the word is the final authority. We will not be moved. We will not be shaken. We will stand flat-footed on the word of God, and we will believe the report of the Lord. Now, I want to take a little bit more time to highlight some more biblical truths and historical facts and so into your foundation. 
throughout the ages, with the help of Almighty God, God's people have been, they've done a, a fantastic job keeping the authenticity of the Bible together. And I'll explain what I mean. The first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, uh, Deuteronomy, and Joshua, given to Moses, amen, and kept them in the mercy seat in the Ark of the Covenant. Now, in the Ark of the Covenant, they were also kept in the temple of God. So this be the temple of God. Right here would be the, you know, the mercy seat, or right here where the pulpit is, the mercy seat, and the priest would enter in, right? The Holy of Holies, he'd go, he'd go right through here, behind the veil, you know, it'd be the veil here. The priest would enter in. Only one priest, the high priest. He had to be set apart. He was special. He was consecrated, right? He was made ready to go before God on behalf of the people, to bless God's people. And do you know that you're a priest and a king tonight? Jesus has made you a king and a priest. Revelations 1, 5, and 6. Even though you're female or male or Jew or Greek, all become one in Christ. All right. Again, that's the perfection. When the Bible is speaking about perfection, he's, he's calling us back to oneness. Because even in the beginning, when God said light, we were within the Father at that time. That's why he says that he has purposed us before the foundations of the world. Amen. Right back to the Genesis. We proceeded out from the Father just like Jesus did. And again, that's what the prayer of, of, of Jesus was about in, in John 17. All right, so the mercy seat, all right, was kept in there, along with Aaron's rod that budded, okay? So that was a miraculous rod that budded. It kept growing because God was showing the people that God was with Aaron. God had ordained Aaron to be a priest, Amen. Everybody else's rod didn't bud. Every, everybody else's rod didn't bear fruit, but Aaron's rod bear fruit, even though it was uprooted out of the ground. Hallelujah. All right. All right, so that can be verified. Hebrews 9 and 4, also Numbers 7 and 8. All right, now I'm going to talk about a book that you probably haven't heard of before. It's called the Septuagint. Anybody ever heard of that? Okay. That is the Greek translation of the Hebrew Bible, all right? So as they started translating, we can see God's people on the move because God's word is growing, amen? It's going from a Hebrew language, it's going into the Greek language. And because it's going from Hebrew, it's not only reaching Hebrew people or Jewish people, it's now going to reach Greek people, right? Hallelujah for that. So the Septuagint was approximately produced by 70 Jewish scholars approximately 1,000 years before Jesus Christ even came to the earth. Isn't that terrific? This is our heritage. Amen? This is our foundation. Now, this book that I have right here, the King James Version... It wasn't produced till, anybody know when that was produced, the King James Version of the Bible? It was produced in 1611. It's about 400 years ago, right? It's 400 years ago a lot of time. A lot of y'all say, no, nah, that ain't a lot of time. Well, is America 400 years? Is America 400 years old? No, it's not. So it's a long time, right? Just like when Jesus prophesied about, uh, well, Isaiah prophesied about Jesus coming over 500 years. Did Isaiah throw a fit when he didn't see that that prophecy come to pass? Did he, did he, you know, did he start backpedaling on his faith? Because it was for far out. You know, he saw far out into time. Amen? All right. So for uh, 1611, this, this Bible right here was produced, but I want to talk about the first Bible 
that was canonized. It, it brought it all together because you had, you had the Hebrew, you had the, you had the Torah, you had the, the prophets that came. And by the way, all the people of God kept the writings of God in the temple. Amen? So the first canonized Bible was spearheaded primarily by Constantine of Rome. And it was at, after the Council of Nicaea in Turkey. And that was about 400 years after the death of Christ. And that's a long time. And I say that because when you, when you have hindsight, you can reflect all the, on all those things that took place in your past so that we now know we have a heritage that we have today. Because many of those people at this time that were living during this time, they weren't privileged to read the Bible. Amen? They didn't have the word of God because it was, it was basically, it was, it was set for, for the priests and the, the religious people and the kings and the monarchs. Just a little bit of American history, and some of you guys may know that. Black, black people here in America... We weren't even allowed to read, let alone read the Bible. We weren't taught, you know, literature. Uh, in many cases, we just started learning maybe like 200 years ago. And I may be stretching that, you know, because it has been the design of the enemy to keep people ignorant of the word. You know, and then the, the darkness of, of, of some men's hearts, they want, you know, they recognize power. They want to keep the power to themselves. Therefore, they withhold it from the masses, you know, out of fear because they want to stay in power. A lot what's going on with this election. And, you know, one of the kickers about this thing is all this election fraud going on, and they have the nerve to call those machines dominion. What a slap in the face, you know? But it's, it's not going to go unchecked. It's not. It is not. They're going to they're gonna mock God. Everything that I'm reading is going to happen, okay? All right. Okay, so I'm going to uh, speed up here. I know I'm going in a lot of detail here. All right, so. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right, so the oldest Bible, one of the oldest Bibles in the world is kept at the Vatican Library. And it was, again, it was composed in the, 14th, in the 400th century. All right. Now, me with a background in, in Islam, uh, one, you know, a lot of things when I was a younger, you know, younger guy. I had questions, you know. I didn't know the difference between the Quran, the Bible, this. And so when I was introduced to it, it, sound, it sounded, you know, it had some truth to it, you know. The one God, you know. How could you, you say you worship many gods rather than the one God, this, that, the other. But the Quran came 600 years after Jesus left the earth, the revelation of the Quran. And then for the, mo um, the most of the writing revealed in the Quran is, is based, based upon the Bible, the word of God. So how could that be true if this was first? Amen? Amen. So we, we just dispel that out. That, that book basically, yeah, it just, just refers to the Bible as truth. It says, oh, ye people of the book, it does you no good unless you observe the Torah and the gospel in so many words. So therefore, again, 
highlighting the truth of the Word of God, the Bible. Before uh, the King James Bible was even written, you had the Geneva Bible, you had the Wycliffe Bible, you had the Great Bible, just to name a few. Also, Dead Sea Scrolls verifies all the writings of the scriptures found in the caves of Qumran on the west bank of Israel. The Dead Sea Scrolls were founded in about 1947-1956 okay, by, by Hebrew scholars. And it just verified, it amplified all the writings in the Word of God, okay, which was thousands of years old. Throughout the ages, okay, and finally for the naysayers that try and tell you not to follow Jesus, you know, you haven't seen Jesus, we have 2 Peter 1.16, for we did not follow fables, we were eyewitnesses of his glory, amen. We may not have seen Jesus with our eyes. But we follow because we fought the ones who have seen them with their eyes. They have not believed cunning fables, but they were eyewitnesses. They've seen it firsthand account. All right, so I'm going to move into prophecy. Prophecy is given to you and to I to exhort, encourage, and also to anchor our soul. Can you imagine how difficult it would be right now if we didn't have prophets that were coming forth and telling us encouraging things, right? It'd be a pretty, pretty dark place. We didn't have any voices of truth, men and women of faith that, that were still standing beyond what they, they could see in the natural, right? So prophecy, I'm going to tell you what, a little bit how it relates to us. Prophecy, just like faith or anything that you have incorporated into your life, you have to learn. You have to be trained, okay? And God teaches you by releasing it by degrees and by measure. The words and revelation you receive must be tested in your own life. And then the Lord will start giving you words for others and so forth when he sees your heart is in the right place. One thing about, you know, if you're going to operate in prophecy, you can't want to do it just to manipulate people, right? Or just say stuff for, to get money or to gain or stuff like that. You just, you got to be really sincerely hearing that the Lord has said something, you know, and you want to release, you release it into somebody's life, you want to speak it to exhort and to encourage, not to tear down. When you hear prophecies coming forth that's like negative, check, Right? Okay, so at least 10 years ago, I received a prophetic word from members of our church. All right, you guys, many of you guys know them, Sam and Jenny, right? And the prophetic word was, uh, you know, I got a word that they were going to have a baby. But when I released it, I didn't say exactly that. I just said something like, you know, I know you guys have been believing for something, you know. God has said that he's going to do it. And the treat about that is that more, not only me, but other people had the same word. And some of you guys can probably believe that right now. It was, it was quite a few of us that had that, that word for Sam and Jenny, that they were, they were going to have their first child. And lo and behold, they did. Amen. Their first child was named Rylan. And now she's, what, like 12 years old? One of the main reasons uh, that we're here in Florida is because God speaks to me a lot in dreams. And no, I don't, I don't catch every dream, right? But I do pay attention to my dream, especially I believe if, you know, when I believe God is, is saying something to me in that dream. But one of the reasons that we are here in Florida is because I did receive a dream from the Lord saying that I was going to receive my old job back, you know, because I had, I was punching a time clock for the company. And of course, when you get dreams from the Lord, they're very vivid, and sometimes they make your heart race, they get you excited, they encourage you, and they exhort you. Amen? And so, when I had that dream, it didn't take long to manifest before uh, I had to get tested, and 
They made me an offer and da-da-da-da-da. But all through in the while, there were some things that I had to overcome because I had to make that transition from, from uh, Georgia at the time to, uh, to here, to Florida. And there were some things that I had to overcome. And when things came against me, uh, whether it be a storm, a stormy night, remember that night we came down and driving a truck and it was very stormy? <laughs> I know you're sleepy right now, baby. Hang in there, though. Okay. But when you get, when you get a word from God, right, it, it anchors you, okay, because you know it was God. So whether it was storm, a storm coming against me or uh, them not having enough hotels for me to stay in or my money being stretched because I was paying for a house here, a house in Florida, and da-da-da-da, and I never did this before. I never been away from my wife for such a long time. It was like trying, right? But you had a word that you received, and you hold on to it. And when you hold on to it, you just keep speaking on it. You keep standing on it, and then it will come to pass. And don't be discouraged, because if you receive the word from the Lord and you don't see it come to pass, that's what Habakkuk 2 or 3 says, you know, though it may tarry, it will come to pass. All right. All right, so... Going into 2020, Pastor Tom had asked uh, a few of the believers, mainly Tasha, main man, just to speak about what they saw was going to take place in 2020, right? And so I was like, yeah, good. I'm stirred up about that. And uh, always enjoy the prophetic words coming forth uh, from the pulpit. Um, so I inquired the Lord, I think, during the same week or the same night, right? I said, Lord, show me. Uh, what do you have in store for us in Treasure Coast Victory Center, right? And I think it was Christmas Eve, and the next night, he had dropped a deposit. You know, he had dropped a dream in, in my uh, in my mental uh, imagination. So I had uh, I had shared a copy with Pastor. I had shared a copy with Tosh and, and Main Man. But basically, to not try to bore you, in that dream, I had, I saw our church, we were meeting on a, on a seashore, right? And uh, Pastor Tom was preaching, and he was holding up a big frame, like this, right? He was demonstrating something. Couldn't hear him or anything, I just saw him, you know? I think I was sitting a few rows back. But he was holding up a big frame, and then he almost seemed like he was kind of reflecting it at the sky, back at the sun. And uh, I had got the word, behold God's big picture for you and me in 2020, from that, from him holding up the frame. And as you guys can may, may be able to guess, that what is, what is the, the picture that Pastor Tom has been holding up for us for a long time? Our purpose in the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, and all things will be added unto you. That we would see that more and more clearly in 2020. So he was holding that frame up there and looked back. And many other things happened in that dream, but that was one main thing. Another main thing, and I shared this with Bethany and AJ, that I saw the, the children's ministry expanding. And when I asked, I asked her just a couple of weeks ago, she says, yeah. I said, God has been doing the work in me. He's been kind of stretching me. And if God is going to grow your ministry, he's going to grow you in your heart first. You know, he's going to deal with some things, you know, in your character. Another thing he showed me in that dream was that... Uh, that there will be a bookstore. We're close. And I saw teenagers working at that bookstore. Okay? Again, though the vision tarry, it will come to pass. 
All right. We may not see a whole lot of kids yet, you know, so to speak, but it's expanding. I think Barbara shared last time she she saw the back back row of the uh, the sanctuary just wide open as a, another sign of of expansion. Also, I also share with PT that he will be getting a letter from Donald Trump. Now, he may have received the same letter, but I think most of you received a letter from Donald Trump this year, those of you who support him, right? That was in the dream. I've got, we've gotten two or three letters from Donald Trump this year. This is about the, uh, the CARES Act, you know, that little extra money that they were giving us. And a thank you for his uh, support. Um, Another thing I saw in the dream that there was two messengers that appeared. And I don't know, it was a couple of months back that John Arant and his son, you guys remember when they both came back? They haven't been back in a while, right? I mean, they haven't been in church in a while, those, who, those of you who know them. Mm-hmm. But they showed up. I think they were sitting right back there. God revealed to me that that, that was the two messengers. And basically, their standing represents just prevail. Pastor Tom, keep doing what you're doing. Keep preaching the word of God until we become dominant in the earth. That's what prevail means. Just keep way at the earth, no matter what it looks like. And also, John, another thing I saw was marriages, a lot of marriages. We didn't see a lot of marriages in 2020, but... Though the vision tarry, it will come to pass. John Arant contacted me this week, and he asked me, he asked me for Pastor Tom's number. He says, I'm getting married. Amen. So again, prophecy comes, to, it doesn't come to, to glorify me, but it, it comes to strengthen the body of believers. Amen. That God is amongst us, and God is moving in us. Amen. All right, so I think I'm uh, almost pressed for time here. All right, and so finally I'm closing. So we must know the word of God from our own experience. Philippians 3.10 says that, that I may know him experientially. Our revelation of him must be formed, found, and rooted out of love. 1 Corinthians 13.8, love never fails. All right. Whether they be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether they be tongues, they shall cease. Whether it be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But that which is perfect is come. That which is perfect when it comes, then that which is in, which is in part shall be done away with. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face, now I know in part, but then shall I know even as I am also known. And now abideth these three things, faith, hope, love. But the greatest of these three is love. So Paul's saying is that, you know, I'm not going to be swayed when prophecies don't come to pass because I'm rooted in love. Amen. Because I'm known, I'm known, I'm at one with my God. And my creator. And I'm just going to have to trust him. Just as Isaac trusted Abraham when he was being taken up for a sacrifice. He fully trusted him. He, it didn't matter what was going to happen. If he chose to slay him, he just chose to trust him. Amen. And that's the part of growing up. You know, doesn't matter what you see. But what does the word of the Lord say? You know. And God's word can create different realities in our life as we speak it out. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, 
Holy is your name, Father God. We praise you for your wondrous works, Lord God, for you are eternal, you are almighty, you are faithful, you are true. Be exalted today on the tables of our minds, Lord God. Be exalted, Lord God. We bless you. We love you, Father God. We can sing of your love forever, Lord. We bless your name forever and ever. Amen.